Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. I am so excited about this series that we're jumping into. It's called Advent, a season of preparation. And we're going to be talking about the at, at what Advent is and going through the process every Sunday for the next uh, four weeks talking about the Advent. <clears throat> Excuse me. The first thing that we're going to be looking at is the lineage of Jesus. And we're going to be in Matthew, and it's got a lot of begats in there, and we're going to go through them. Uh, so hang on. We're going to get through it. we got, we got to set this up appropriately. And so uh, the begats are, are, are there uh, to show us how uh, the line or the, the ancestry of Jesus and how diverse it is and what it uh, pertains to. So we're going to jump into that and look at what uh, type of people are in Jesus's ancestral tree. As always, you know I got to make sure that we're on the same sheet of music, so I have a couple of definitions for us today. There's two definitions that I'm going to hit you with. The first one is Advent. Advent uh, means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. Advent means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. The other word that I want uh, to define today is hope. Hope is a feeling of expectation and a desire for a certain thing to happen. Hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. So that runs us into our subtitle for today's uh, for today's episode. So episode one, a uh, Advent, a season of preparation. The subtitle is Hope. And again, hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. So as we jump into this, first thing we're going to do is go through those begats. Alright? So let's look at Matthew, the first chapter, starting at the first verse. And we're going to go down through 18 verses so that we can get all that covered. Alright? So here we go. Matthew 1 and one in the English Standard Version says this the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David the son of Abraham Abraham was the father of Isaac and Isaac the father of Jacob and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Abinadab, and Abinadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king, and David was the father of Solomon, by the wife of Uriah, 
and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shetiel, and Shetiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abud, and Abud the father of Elakim, and Elakim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Achim, and Achim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar the father of Mathon, and Mathon the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were fourteen generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, fourteen generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to Christ, fourteen generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, when they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you'll bless it and that it will resonate in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if you're going to King, if you're reading the King James Version, it'll have the begats in there. Uh, English Standard says, Father of. Translations, okay? But, uh, as you read this, as you, if, if you were listening, you heard how you can fall into a rhythm of how it goes from one person to another person to another person and so on and so on and so on. So we just want to look at this a little bit and I just want to talk about why we're doing Advent this year. The reason that we're doing Advent is because I believe there are some things that we can learn from the process or from the the uh, the ceremony of Advent, going through that that process, through that ancient traditional way of celebrating the coming of Christ. Now, this coming has a double meaning. It has a a past meaning and it has a future meaning. So. We're celebrating the, the, uh, the birth of Jesus. Simultaneously, we're celebrating his return as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So Advent is, is actually having this double meaning in that it's focusing on the birth, but also it is looking forward to his return to bring his people to his father. So that's why we talked about this being the episode of hope. Because this is the first candle that will be lit 
today. Today, the candle of hope will be lit and uh, it will provide us with the initial mindset that they had of this hope of the Messiah coming and the hope of his return. Okay, I just want to set that down for you so that you understand. It provides us with this point of reference so that we can celebrate the fact that he came and because he came and he said that he's coming again, that our hope, that our expectation, our confident expectation is that he is going to be true to his word because the thing that he said was going to happen has happened and the thing that he said will happen is going to happen. So that's where our hope is kindled because of what has transpired so far. And so <clears throat> when we look at our scripture for today, we see how Matthew says that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of David, and he's also an Israelite the son of Abraham. Why is this so important? Because that is what the scripture said. The scripture said that he's going to be coming down through and that David's lineage was going to bring Messiah forth. And so Matthew, whose primary audience were the Jewish people, was saying, this is Jesus, the one who was talked about in uh, the manuscripts past, and this is the fulfillment of the prophetic uh, declarations that were made previously. <clears throat> so Jesus is the one that they have been waiting for, the, the Messiah, the Savior, the, the, the Redeemer, the one that was going to put Israel back in prominence because he is the King of Israel. And Matthew lays out how Jesus is an Israelite of Abraham. And then as you see how it went, it also brings out the fact that David is a part of that, which makes him the son of David. So Jesus fulfills the word of God. And it points also out to us that God's promises never fail. God's promises come to pass. God's promises are secure. And so as we look at this, it, it brings out the fact that God makes a promise, but sometimes his promises take centuries in order to manifest. Manifest. Because God, uh, somebody says God, when God steps on the earth, his steps are so long that sometimes it takes a century for you to reach from one step to another. <laughs> so as we look at this, we, we want to remind you that the whole focus of this season is that Jesus, who is the hope of glory, Jesus, who is our, our confident expectation, our hope that he is coming again, 
because he said that he was going to be born and he was born and he said that he's going to return after he was uh, killed, uh, crucified. And our hope now is focusing on his soon return into our lives. And so when we look at this, it said, uh, my note says the holiday season can be hectic. We will fill our schedules with traditions and customs that compete for our time. Waiting isn't popular during the always-on-the-go season. As we consider this theme of waiting, of hoping, Matthew uses, a, uses the genealogy as a means of emphasizing an important point about Jesus. That Jesus is the focal point of history. Matthew reminds his audience of the ultimate hero of Israel's history to whom all these stories have pointed. Genealogies like those in Genesis typically list a person's descendants after this phrase, rather than his ancestors. Matthew's point here is also very profound. So much is Jesus the focal point of history that his ancestors depended on him for their meaning. In other words, God's sovereignty directed the history of Israel and preserved David's line because of his plan to send Jesus. Did you get that? Because Jesus was so prominent in history, God made it so that everything would fall into place so his word would become true. I do want to point out something very significant about about what uh, Matthew brought out is because we want to have a mindset to expect the unexpected because when we think about Jesus being a Jew Jesus being an Israelite Jesus being uh, of the lineage of David but when we look through that genealogy we see that there's some Gentiles that are a part of Jesus' gene uh, genealogy. Tamar was one of the folks mentioned. Rahab was one of them mentioned. Ruth, one of the ones mentioned. Uh, Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. They were all Gentiles. But they're part of Jesus' lineage. So what does that bring to our mind? What, what does that cause us to think about? It causes us to realize that although that the Jews, Israel is God's chosen nation and people, they are, were supposed to be the example that brought all the others in to want to serve God. And it also lets us know that God's grace is not based upon who you are or what family you came from or what position you're in. God's grace is not about that. God's grace is his favor toward mankind itself. And so as we look at how this plays out, these Gentiles are part... Jesus has everything a part of his genealogy. And yet, 
what he's done was particularly for the house of Israel, but the, the effect of what he's done was great enough for the entire world and every generation to be a part of. That's good news. That everybody, if you accept what he's done for you, can be a part of the family of the kingdom of heaven. These were people who made mistakes. These were people who had sinned. These were people that uh, did despicable things. But it lets us know that God's grace is for everyone. That Jesus died for everyone. That Jesus did this for everybody. Although the Jews thought it was just for them, but God was looking way past that. He was looking at bringing everybody into his family. So we can look at the fact that God's desire is for everyone to come to the knowledge of who he is through his son, Jesus Christ, and have the hope, the confident expectation that because Jesus died for us and he's done this for us, that we are just a, a part of, the, just as a, a valid part of the family as anyone else that's in the family. That's why the Bible talks about the process of adoption. When you are adopted, you receive everything that every other member of the family receives. You are considered that family member when you are adopted. And so that is what God wants us to understand that because he has done this for us, that we can have this confident expectation, this hope that is for me. as well as for everyone else. But God will not decrease the amount of love that he shows toward us. He will not decrease anything that he will provide us with everything that we need according to his righteousness. That is such good news. And so the, the other thing that I wanted, wanted to bring out today was the fact that this process that we're going through with the way this Advent is set up, it's called a liturgy. And liturgy is a process. And we know that some, some churches still have a, a liturgical way of doing things where they have the scriptures and the prayers and the uh, responsive readings and all those other things. And I believe that we can pull out some good things from those processes. But I also want to uh, say that sometimes people get so wrapped up in the liturgy that they forget the focus of it. And they say more focus on the liturgy than on what it is referring to or discussing. So Advent was 
is in liturgy. It is it's a process, a way for us to get focused on Jesus. Forget about all these other things, but it's a way for us to worship together and focus on Jesus. This other note that I have today, it says that uh, we often have liturgies that we have subconsciously adopted. Uh, Tish Harrison Warren writes, we have everyday habits, formative practices that constitute daily liturgies. By reaching for my smartphone every morning, I have developed a ritual that trained me toward a certain end, entertainment and stimulation via technology. Regardless of my professed worldview of partic or particular Christian subculture, my unexamined daily habit was shaping me into a worshiper of glowing, of glowing screens. Examining my daily liturgy as a liturgy, as something that both revealed and shaped what I love and worship, allowed me to realize that my daily practices were malforming me, making me less alive, less human, less able to give and receive love throughout my day. And so we have to look at those things that we do that have become a very distinct part of our lives and what it is becoming a goal. As it says, uh, the purpose of a liturgy is to get us to focus on something that we love and that we worship. And so we want to make sure that our daily practices are focused on Jesus, what Jesus has done for us, Jesus, Jesus who died for us, Jesus who has put us into the family of God, and that we express that. That's why it's important for us to daily get involved into the Word, daily to communicate with God through prayer, daily to show love to others so that we can be the express image of God in our human forms. And so one of the recommendations that, 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 that Tish makes is she says, consider pushing back and becoming comfortable with waiting during the season of Advent. Now, I know this is going to be a little bit trying for some people, but I, I just wanted to bring it up. Consider pushing back and becoming comfortable with waiting during the season of Advent. Don't check your cell phones at stoplights. When you're in line at the grocery store, Avoid checking your phone. Become comfortable with waiting and look for God in the ordinary moments of life. The cell phone is able to bring us to block out everything else. But if we look around and see what's going on, there may be someone that needs you to speak into their lives. There may be maybe someone that needs you to be a blessing to them because they they didn't have as much money as they thought they had. And now they may have to put some things back, but you have more than enough. And God can say, I want you to help them with their situation. And so wouldn't you do these type of things when you just kind of step back and just wait on God to speak to you in the ordinary moments? God can show you how to reflect his glory to folks that are around you. 
even during this time where we, we're social distancing, we're masking, we're doing all those things, there's still opportunities for us to be a blessing to someone else, to show God's love, grace, and mercy to someone else throughout the day. So I just want to remind you that Advent means the coming. And we are celebrating the coming of Jesus as a, as a child, as a baby but simultaneously we are celebrating that his that he was born and that he's coming again with all power in his hand that is our confident expectation our hope and if you don't know Jesus as your lord and savior you really have no hope but our desire today is for you to grab hold of what Jesus has done for you. Jesus was perfect. Jesus was uh, without blemish. However, if you look at his family line, he had everything in it. So it is possible through him to be adopted into the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter what you've done or what situations you, you've gone through, but the desire is for you to live that life according to God's righteousness. The Bible says it like this. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. So it's, it's just you confessing for you believing and you are saved. The Bible also says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved, rescued, delivered. And that is our whole desire for you. That is our hope for you. Our confident expectation is that you will accept the gift of Jesus Christ into your life and be in the family of God. If you have made that decision today, we would love for you to let us know so that we can provide you with additional information to help you along this journey. The best way for us to do that is for you to email us at info at godshousecc.com. And when you do that, we will provide you with some additional resources and some helps for this new journey that you have decided to go upon or to journey upon. Well, friends and family, that is our first episode of the Advent, a season of preparation hope and we the uh, our whole prayer for today was that we would stir up in you that confident expectation that Jesus is returning and to celebrate and focus on his birth which caused us to all be brought into the family of God that's it for this week and we just want to say this as we close out. God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.